Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail. So that way you can say, does this apply to me? And how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Fitbucks Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Frankie. Thank you for joining us today. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about uh, investing in pre-tax accounts versus Roth IRAs um, or Roth accounts, post-tax accounts. Um, this is a question we get all the time at Fitbucks. Which one is better for me? Which one should I do? Okay. Uh, crazy thing is we get it from financial planners too. I'm going to go more into that in a minute. Uh, before I do, like I said, thank you for watching. Uh, if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, comment, like. It helps us get the word out, expand Fitbucks, grow. Uh, if you're on just uh, listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe, get notifications, share the podcast with your friends. Again, it helps everybody, especially us, get the word out. Again, we hope. Uh, let's dive into this. Now, the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because, like I said, it's not uncommon for us to hear uh, from people like, hey, you should always put money into a pre-tax account. Uh, you're better off contributing to a pre-tax account. So let's actually define what, what I mean by a pre-tax account. I'm referring to things like 401ks, 403bs, uh, those types of accounts. After-tax accounts are like Roth IRAs or taxable accounts, so on and so forth, okay? Now, that's traditionally what we hear from, okay? And then we get the question, should I go into 401k or Roth? What should I be making that split, okay? The reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I also get that question from finance people. Actually, not even a question from them. It's a statement. Like, why would anybody ever want to do like an after-tax account instead of maxing out their 401k first or their pre-tax accounts first? And I just shake my head and I look at these people like, what do you mean? Like, you're a financial professional. You can't figure out why. And then on the flip side of that, I have financial professionals say, everybody should always do like max out their Roth first period because taxes are going to go through the moon and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, that's not correct either. Because at the end of the day, we can't, we can guess what taxes are going to do in the future, but we we really don't know. We don't even know if tax laws are going to change around Roth IRAs or whatnot. So how can you sit there and say, do this for sure? It's, it's like, no, that doesn't work either. At the end of the day, like I say all the time, manage your risk and your return will be there. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Primarily of how do you decide this stuff with pre-tax accounts, post-tax accounts. Okay. First off, right off the bat. If your employer offers like a 401k match, I automatically put that much in. So if they get like a 3% match and you make 80 grand, that's like $2,400, automatically put that money in. Automatically, automatically, automatically. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're saying, okay, well, I, have, I did that already. I have extra money. What should I do? Okay. And that's where it gets tricky at because <clears throat> pre-tax accounts, when you, when you take them out, you get taxed. When you do an after-tax account, such as like a Roth IRA, the money's tax-free. So there's this benefit and this push and pull of what's better based on when I'm going to be retiring, okay? And so we do these analyses, and I'll give you a story about why this is so important. 
The average person, according to Vanguard in this country, in their 401k has $255,000 in their 401k. And for the super majority of people, that's their only money. Okay, so when they take that money out, it's going to be taxed. Okay, and I had a family member, I'll give you an example, that had about 250 in their retirement. That's all the money they had. That's it. Okay. And when they hit about 70 years old, they had a medical emergency. And they had to pull out about $90,000 out of their account. Now that's taxable money. And since they're taking it out all at one time, they're going to be bumped up into a pretty high tax bracket, especially because of Social Security and everything else. And so when you factor all that in, they had to take out like 130, 140 grand out of $250,000. They're left with about 100 to $110,000 of retirement money at 70 years old and they were married. That's not good. That's not a situation where you want to be in. I mean, a lot of us fear being put in poverty, especially in retirement. That's not where you want to be in. Okay. And so then I've had other, on the flip side of that, other scenarios where I have family members that are very well off, like they have pension plans and all stuff, but they also have like $2 million in a 401k. And once you hit 70 and a half years old, or yeah, now it's like 72 and a half, they keep changing it because of COVID. But once you hit a certain age in a 401k or a traditional IRA, you get to start taking RMDs, require minimum distributions. So like I have a family member that's being forced to take money out of this and pay taxes on it, and they don't need the money. Okay, again, in, in Roth accounts, that doesn't happen. And so there are these pros and cons of these accounts. At the end of the day, I'll, by the way, I'll show you guys some rule of thumbs on how to do this. But this is also one of the things that our new optimization technology actually breaks down as a percentage of your paycheck. It will tell you exactly this is the amount based on your situation, how much should go to your 401k, for example, versus a Roth IRA, okay, to maximize your finances. But a general rule of thumb, and I'll give you an example with, with that argument of people say, well, you should always get the pre-tax benefit. Well, what happens if you make like forty or $50,000 a year? You are already in a lower tax bracket. So the pre-tax amount that you get in savings for the current year is not going to be that much, right? So you should probably want to put your money in a Roth IRA and try to max that out first before putting extra money into a 401k, for example. But if you start making like 150 grand a year, 120 grand a year, whatever it is, all of a sudden those pre-tax benefits today outweigh the benefits that you might get in a post-tax account in the future. So there's this give and take. And again, it's not always like this cookie cutter, this income to this income and whatnot. This is where you go. It's, it's moves because it has different things like, are you married? What state do you live in? Because the healthcare costs and all that type of stuff when you're older factor in. What's your expected age of longevity? All that type of stuff. Do you have what's called an HSA account? Like HSA, H, sorry, HSA accounts are for healthcare savings accounts. And they're a pre-tax account, but they have special withdrawal features on them. And these accounts are awesome. And so you throw that into the mix too. Like if you're offered that, that changes everything. All right. So traditionally, if you have a lower income, then it makes sense to do a Roth. If you have a higher income, it makes sense to do more of a pre-tax account. But again, like I said, you have to customize it for every single person. Now, the last thing that I wanted to talk about on this quick podcast today is 
I mentioned earlier about reducing your risk and your return will be there. Okay. And, and you guys hear me say that often on this about investments, um, like manage your risk on that and how you allocate your money and that type of stuff. But more importantly, it's from a bigger financial planning standpoint. Okay. What I mean by that, when it comes to this retirement, like allocation type of stuff is a, is a term that I, I came up with. It's called retirement income diversification. So I gave you that example of the individual that I knew that had the medical emergency and they had to withdraw all that money on their account and they get taxed on it. Okay. If one of the biggest problems I see with people in retirement today is that's all their money is on that taxable account. And so if you have all your money in one type of account, if they change the tax laws or like with my, my family member that had that issue happen to them, you had that happen to you. You don't have different places to pull money from. You're taxed one way. So with this retirement income diversification, what this means is as you get older, so some of you are not going to be able to do this right now because you just don't have the extra money. But as you get older, that you have different types of accounts. So like a 401k and a Roth IRA, those are two types of accounts. A taxable account, that's a third type. If your company offers an HSA, that's a fourth type. Real estate, that's a fifth type. If you start going into like taxable accounts with dividends and, and municipal bonds and insurance contracts and all these types of things, they're all different types of asset categories that are taxed differently. So the more you have in different places like that, the better off you're going to have be in terms of retirement income diversification. That means that you're not going to be screwed if the government decides to change taxes on one of these vehicles. Because even if they change it on one, hopefully you have other ones where you're not going to be just catastrophically hit and just destroyed because the tax laws change. I'll give you another example on how that works. I have another family member that has uh, real estate and all of it's in California. And California for the last 30 years or something like that had this tax law for property taxes. And what that meant was when you bought a property, your taxes would be based on that purchase price and then go up by like one or 2% per year for some very small increments. But we all know what happened to real estate prices in California. They went through the moon. But you know, these properties for, they might be paying, you know, like if you bought a $2 million property right now in California, your tax would be um, about twenty-two dollars to $23,000 a year if you bought that property today. But if you had bought it years ago and now it's appreciated at $2 million, you might only be paying like two or $3,000 in property taxes, not twenty-two or 23000 Okay, so that tax level is called Prop 13. And so I know a lot of people that that's all their worth is, is in these properties. Well, they just changed that tax law this year. So all these people that had this cash flow coming in and that was their primary retirement, like they're losing 50, 60% of their retirement income because of that Prop 13 tax, like the all changing. And now they got to pay that tax and it's really messing them up and having to like screw up their retirement um, plans in terms of what their cash flow is. And so that's just one example of how tax laws can change. Now, if you had like real estate, you got some money in a 401k, money in a Roth IRA, money in some type of an annuity, whatever it all is, and you're getting income coming in from these different channels, you, yeah, it would hurt you a little bit, but they would be okay. So that's the retirement in income diversification is having different types of assets that are taxed differently. So if one thing changes, you're not screwed. 
Okay. And so again, going back to this question, should I invest in a 401k or a pre-tax account versus an after-tax account? I always say, make sure you get your match if your employer offers it. And then with your after-tax, put in like a minimum of $50. So like in a Roth IRA, put a minimum of $50 in. And then from there, if you have extra, then it's a matter of saying, okay, I've diversified out because I'm putting money in both of these things. Now, which one's better for me? And like I mentioned to you guys, lower income, it tends to be uh, after-tax type of accounts, higher income, pre-tax. But as I mentioned, there's some things that can throw a curveball in there. Again, the main thing I want you guys to take away from this is like when you go on the internet, read some financial professionals, some of them say, always pre-tax. Some will say, always after-tax because taxes are going up, blah, 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 blah. They're both wrong, okay? You gotta do a little bit of in, in both. As you get more money, as you get older, try to get more and more of the different types of assets. But it's a customized answer to you based on various circumstances. And like I said earlier, if you guys need help doing that, when you log into your financial uh, or in your Fitbucks profile, our premium membership, we have the financial planning building technology now. One of the choices to manually build your plan, the other choice is to say, I want Fitbucks to optimize my plan. If you use the Fitbucks optimization choice, and you go through the questionnaire and then you run the simulation, it will literally tell you based on your situation, what percentage of your paycheck should be going to something like a 401k versus a Roth. So you can maximize your, uh, your bit, your assets at retirement and all the way through to retirement. Basically we're saying this is the best thing you can do as of right now to reduce that risk. And then those of you, a lot of you already know this that are signed up, but if you have that premium membership, once you optimize that plan, and you say, I wanna implement this, we will continue to run it every single month and tell you, yes, keep doing what you're doing or no, change it now based on where your life is at. So you know instantly should you be changing stuff or not. All right, so that's the new technology. Again, it's not a cookie cutter answer. That's the main thing I want you guys to get from this about the 401k, like pre-tax accounts versus things like Roth IRA and after-tax accounts. It's not this one size fits all answer that you hear a lot of times on these podcasts or from financial planners or, you know, these gurus, your neighbors that, that thinks they're a financial guru now um, on the podcast. You can't see guys can't see me. I'm like laughing at that right now because I have a, a neighbor that's like that. He always wants to talk money with me. And I just like shake my head. And I'm like, dude, like just listen to the podcast. I don't <laughs> I don't have time to, to to go through your it's funny because he comes up with like these random strategies and it's like. Do you really think that's a good idea? Like, let me know that works out for you, dude. Like, all right. So that's what, that's my, my saying to him is let me know that works out for you. And then he comes back like a week later. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work. It's like, yeah, I don't think so either. So anyways, tangent of a conversation. If you guys need help, you know how to get to us. Again, listen. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, uh, thank you for, for watching. Subscribe, like, share. We'll see you guys on the next episode.